There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode 4 of season 4 of The Twelve Monkeys. Holy cow. Who thought the Old West could be so bananas? Right. It was, oh my god, it was so good. And it was so weird, like, the way we were kind of split up this time. Yeah. Like, it just was in a way I wasn't expecting. Right. So. Definitely got another curveball from Terry. Yes. Let's just jump in. Go ahead. Take us Uh in. Alright, Team Splinter. We open with this awesome little monologue from Mama Jones coming to grips with her condition and pending death. She walks into an area with some covered equipment and removes the cover. Oh yes, when she's waxing poetic and then it's like, oh, we get to finally see a little bit more about the origins. Yes, and we flash back to the beginning as Elliot Jones's giving a speech before starting up the equipment. Really interesting, because I'm like, oh, why are they bringing him in all of a sudden? We haven't seen him for a while. Long time. It's like, oh, what does this mean? Yes. And Elliot's assistant questions Katerina why she isn't up there, and Katerina replies, he's the showman, I'm the scientist. I was just assuming that this girl was like, you're all googly-eyed for Elliot. She's like, let's see how close they really are, kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and Katarina kind of wonders that, too. Yeah. It makes a couple of comments regarding that. It was really kind of cool, though, the way he was going to demonstrate the machine. Right. He has a seed, and he's like, all right, well, we're going to give it everything it needs all at once. And it starts to grow, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. See, I'm thinking... Maybe originally he's like, we can do this for crops and help people and starving nations. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's really great. Except everything kind of goes haywire. Just a little bit. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, definitely don't want to do this to try to help people if you're going to have basically the plant like go crazy and then die. Right. Go. It just went into overload. Yeah. Time sped up too fast for it to be able to handle it and... And what's funny is it ends up being a rose bush. Right, I wasn't expecting that. No! <laughs> no, because, I mean, it just went crazy. started growing into both sides of these machines, and finally when they get it cut off, you see that one rose bloom just disintegrate. Yeah, and I did like that after this we kind of have the, the group in the future trying to figure out what to do. And of all the people who were figuring out the story, Hannah's the one. Right. Which I was a little surprised. Well, and it was also a little interesting that Jones knew that Blackleaf was in Montana. 
Right. Why does she know that? Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like that's a really, I don't know, out of the way kind of little place. Don't even right. know if that was still in existence. I doubt it very seriously. So you kind of scratch your head there on how she knew that. Well. The group gets together and splinters out, and boy, do they look like they're completely out of their time. Yeah, I was a little like, aw. I, I wanted so, to see them more in the moment. And then plus that preview we got I, did not have what Jennifer said. No. <laughs> so I'm wondering if that's coming. So I was like, oh, I wanted to hear that. Right. And I kind of wondered, well, did their the section of the building that had all their time period costumes, was that must have been outside the zone that splintered <laughs> away? Because Maybe. Or nobody they just figured nobody's going to notice us. Well, no, 1852? Come on. Yeah. Well, maybe not. <laughs> so, of course, they wander into some woods and are immediately accosted by some men claiming they're the town's security. Okay, I didn't think that was a thing back then. No. <laughs> I don't think they used the word security in 1852 at all. Ever. Right. And then Cole trying to say, oh, we just came from up the road, like, a couple days out. And they're like, there is nothing around here. And they're like, oh. <laughs> miles and miles and miles. Well, I'm just trying to help these little ladies here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the little ladies were yeah. very good with their own firepower. Yes, they were. <laughs> and they take those three guys out pretty quickly. Oh, man. It was good. And, of course, they're like, all right, well. We gotta get rid of these bodies. We'll stash them in the woods and take their clothes. And oh, how well the clothes fit. Yeah. You know, that's always my thing. I'm like, couldn't something have been right. like really ill-fitting at least? Yeah, because those dudes look pretty damn big. Right. And none of our people are that big. <laughs> now maybe Deacon or Ramsey might have fit in those clothes, but Cole, Cassie, and Hannah? No. <laughs> Not buying it. No, but it all fit just right. But, of course, they don't have any for Jennifer. Oh, yeah, she was mad. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. And then they're like, okay, well, she has to steal some clothes. Good thing somebody's putting laundry out on the line. Right. But I was kind of mad. Jennifer's all like, I need a costume. All right, chill, girl. It's not a costume. But second, you got to take, like, the good clothes? Because that's what it looked like she took. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, and that poor Oriental lady just didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh, she's looking at Cole like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Right. <laughs> and he gets through this story, or at least st gets to the starting point of this story, and then says, oh, that's nice talking to you. Yeah, it's like, what? Okay. And of course, Cassie mentions that there's just something not quite right about this town. Yeah, and she couldn't place her finger on it. And I just love Jennifer's like, uh, anybody can see, look around, open your ears. Yeah, because they go into a bar and Cole orders whiskey sours, of course. He is just stuck on those. Yeah, has no clue what the hell he's talking about. So Cassie jumps in and demands a bottle and four glasses. And Cole questions Jennifer about what to do next. And this was pretty amazing for Jennifer, because she pegs everything. Oh, yeah. She goes, this guy's got a Glock. This guy's wearing a 
Apple Watch, and the piano players playing a song from the 80s. And the whiskey is from, what, 1972? Yeah. It's like, that's right there in front of you. That should have been the first thing. Right. And then looking around. And then, and I didn't notice it right away. I didn't notice it until the end of the episode. The piano player is also wearing Converse. Right. Yeah, I don't think those are around back then. No. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. So a guy comes in telling the piano player that the boss wants to see him and drags him outside. So Cole and company go to the window to see what's going on. And surprise number one, well, actually, probably number two, because. We recognize the piano player. Right. It's the Paladin, and he has carts of high-tech equipment with him. Yeah, when you see something kind of glowing, I'm like, oh, that's not good. No. (laughs) Not in 1852, it's not. No, no, no. Tells Elliot modifications need to be completed per the home office, and hands him a bunch of papers. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. And it was really interesting to watch his reaction to everything. He's like, oh, wait, we were supposed to be doing this to prevent this from happening. So everything pretty vague. Right. And they're like, oh, do you have a problem? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is not good. No, not at all. And later, Cole reenters the bar and starts shooting the place up. (laughs) Next time somebody asks for a whiskey sour, you have it ready. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> just kind of shoots bullets in Elliot's direction just to get him to get out the back door and straight into the waiting arms of Hannah, who injects him with the tether formula. Yeah, he's like, what the hell? Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Off you go now. Yep. It's time for reuniting. <laughs> Not do. <laughs> No, especially when he kind of stands up. He's like, what, what's going on? It's like, wait a second. <laughs> I have never seen anybody get out of that chair as fast as I did Elliot. Right? <laughs> he, he was out of that chair in a split second. Looking around, like, wait, I know this. I know your face. What the hell's happening? When am <laughs> I? And at least he's bright enough to know it's not just a where, it's a when. Right. So I'm like, yes, okay, somebody's caught up pretty quick. Yeah, and of course, Jones's face is just as dumbfounded, because I'm sure that is the last person she expected to get out of that chair. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> oh, it was classic. And before they can catch up, Hannah pops in and informs her mother that he is working for the Army of the Twelve Monkeys. And she's ready to gut him. It's like, whoa, 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 bring it down a notch. Let's find out what's what. Yeah. And he says that he was approached by a group interested in funding his research, and he intended on using it for good. Well, it didn't quite work out that way, now did it, Elliot? Road to hell, right? Yep. And Jones informs him exactly who and what the army actually is. And even at this point, like, he's not really, like, listening. Right. It's what I felt. Like, he he's looking at the board because it's a conference room. You know, and he's looking at the board. He's like, what is this? What's going on? Who's she? As he's point, pointing to Hannah. And I love this little bro- bomb because you haven't thrown enough, like, here, let me make you crazy in about 10 seconds. Right. Bombs on him. Hannah, would you mind giving me some time so I can speak to your father? 
What? Man, did his head, like, whip around? I think he made a pop of oh, vertebrae. Yes, I think so, too. <laughs> but that was so awesome to see that reaction on his face. It was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it, though. Hannah, yes. I mean, at this point, Hannah wasn't even looking, like, weirded out that he didn't know. Right. I, no, he ab- she absolutely didn't think he knew. Oh, okay. See, I was thinking that he had known, or she thought he knew. And just right, no, happened. I don't think so. Yeah, oh, okay. She was such a small child when he died that I, I doubt very seriously that she ever had a clue that her father even knew that she existed. Oh, okay. And so we get a little backstory between Jones and Elliot. We find out that Katarina never, ever, ever planned on having children because she was never taught, and she only wanted to be great in what she knew. Oh, I mean, I can't say that that's a bad thing. And, I mean, I'm okay, let me hold the mirror up to myself. I was never <laughs> ready. Well, we right. were never ready. And then now it's like, is it something that we want to do? Because I feel like we're kind of past that part in our life. Right. So I can't look at her and say, oh, how dare you? And there's people out there who would be saying, you should have had a kid. You should have wanted one. But there's a lot of people who just aren't in that mindset. No. But then when you turn it and look at this, and she actually says that I never wanted one, but then things changed. So, yeah, she never planned on it, never believed she would because she was never taught. And yet when she ended up pregnant, she was thinking she wasn't going to have the baby, and then whatever changed everything. Right. So it doesn't mean that you just say, well, screw it. We're scrapping the whole the whole relationship. But apparently that's kind of what happened, because Elliot always wanted to have a family, and it basically destroyed him when she informed him that she was pregnant and then left him. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then he's like, well, I took the research because it was the only family I thought I'd ever have. Right. What? And it was interesting because we do get it later that he's like, yeah. when he, I, what's he say? It took us six days to screw up a marriage. It's like, wow, right. that's a pretty, pretty short wedding. I mean, did you even have a honeymoon? I'm just wondering. Right. And so apparently Jones and Elliot comes up with a plan on how to deal with what's going on back in the past that we don't see because both Elliot and Hannah return to Blackleaf with plan. Goal is to blow up the power units that have arrived but not yet been installed. Yeah, and doesn't it end up being something from uh, Jones's actual company from the future, too? Right, yes. Which, there's a monkey wrench for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Titan's almost completely built with Rarity unequipped. Yeah, I was like, wow. Yes, you've led to your own destruction. So, of course, Cassie questions, how are they going to blow these things up? They don't have any grenades or C4. Right. Well, but you know what we do have? Wiley Coyote's favorite thing to use. Dynamite! <laughs> so, yeah, we got like, tons of it over there. I feel like this is bad. If you're bringing yeah. stuff to the past, maybe you bring something a little more stable than dynamite. Yeah. Just a thought. Yeah, so uh, Elliot informs Cole he needs to go check in with Pallid Man, who asks where he's been. And Elliot asks him if he has any family, which he replies, no, they're all gone. 
and asks if he's had any children, which, of course, he hasn't. And then Elliot opens his mouth about finding out that he he just found out that he was a father. Now, Pallet Man knows that he's not from 1852. Well, yeah, he's sitting there with his laptop open with no issues. Yeah, so you know, Pallet Man kind of looks at him and goes, what the hell's going on here? Fortunately, some gunfire breaks out, and he leaves the tent, giving Elliot the opportunity to snag a flash drive from the laptop. Yeah, that's like, okay, he was, oh, okay, I'm just going to keep everything on this thumb drive. It's totally fine. Right. Nothing will ever happen to that. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Soinks. That's what I heard as he pulled that out. Yes. Like, <laughs> I'm such a child. Anyway. (laughs) So, of course, the gang goes to gather the dynamite without a whole lot of trouble. They only have to kill a couple guys and start setting them up in the carts with the power units. Just about the time that they're done, the foreman notifies the camp that they have intruders and sees Cole and Cassie. Yeah. We get a nice little gunfight. And let me tell you, Our little crew is great with these old guns. Yes. You know, which weren't as as accurate. Right. But they're doing great. I mean, headshot and everything. Okay. Well, with as much uh, experience as they've had with older weapons, I guess I can see why they would be so good with them. (laughs) They've had to use some awful old weapons during this run. Right. Especially, oh my God. The last thing that they end up using in this yes. gunfight, a freaking bayonet. I'm like, oh my god. That was just kind of horrific, but it was awesome. Yes. And then Cassie was... just kind of comes out like, yeah, I got it. Yeah, because of course Cole runs out of bullets, and just before the foreman is about to kill him, Cassie runs him through with the bayonet from behind. And Jennifer comes out of this tent saying, she saved your ass, boy. Right? Just like, hey, okay now. This was interesting. Thanks. Yeah. So Cole lights the fuse and they start head out of camp. I was expecting, like, this big explosion and them to, like, not even flinch. Right. I was like, don't do that. But no. Oh, no, we get a whole different kind of explosion. Yeah. We see a boot step on the uh, fuse. And as it pans up, it's Deacon and a couple of thugs with machine guns. I couldn't believe it. Actually, I it didn't surprise me at all, because now that Olivia's kind of gotten some primariness to her, she's go- we thought it was bad before, that they knew every time we were doing something. It's going to be ten times worse now. Well, part of this, though, was because of Jennifer. So let me back you up just a tiny bit. Because they're out in the woods, like, trying to get away, Jennifer, Cole, and Cassie. And that's when Cassie realizes Jennifer does not have the visions anymore. Right. And suddenly, here comes a native who's like, I've been looking for you, Primary. It's like, what? Yeah, (laughs) that was a shocker. What the hell? So he takes them back to the tent. They're talking. And he's got the red leaves. And he says, this is how I can see them. Right. It's like, all right. so. Obviously, Cole's asking about the weapon. And we're getting this information. And Jennifer's like, I need to talk to him. And I I forget his name, the Native American. And he's like, no, because then she'll see you. Right. And I was like, oh, 
okay, so he knows enough to be like, Jennifer, you can't go in there. But Jennifer's like, I need to see, and drinks the tea, and, well, everything kind of goes to hell. Right. And that's when Olivia now is there. Right. All knows super where creepy. they're at. Creepy. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and then sends Deacon. It's like, son of a... Yeah. Really? Jennifer? I understand, but really? Now, the other two things that were curious about this scene was, yes, Olivia shows up, and the primaries turn around and basically force field her. Yeah, and I didn't understand that because that is not something we've seen. (laughs) We've never seen that before. So not only do they have abilities to see things in time, they got some superpowers. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, of course, at this moment, Jennifer's like, what do we do? Where's the weapon? And they just keep saying the same thing, which apparently she has heard forever. Climb the steps and ring the bell. Like, what the hell? Yeah. And But that may be the best vagueness you can get because of Olivia. But when they kind of, I'm guessing they kind of kick Jennifer out that Olivia ends up in Jennifer's body, which I did not think that was a thing she was going to be able to do. I thought, okay, well, she can go in. Well, with young Olivia, so why not anybody else well, that happens to be in there? That's why I was going to say, I thought maybe she would do it to herself through her timeline. Right. But not to anyone else. So that was creepy. She comes out those demon eyes. <laughs> Cassie just whacks her across the face. Yeah, it works. And, yeah, and yeah. then, yeah, we end up getting Deacon. It's like, damn it, Deacon. And Cassie looked so hopeful. Right. And right yeah, there. He starts to take a step towards him, and then he raises his gun like he's going to blow a hole in her head. Right. Because right there, though, Cole's looking like, uh, Cassie? Yeah. Wait a second. <laughs> I think you need to be doing this. Right. Yeah, of course, you know, she's going on about how I don't understand it. Well, he's doing exactly what he does, or he has done. Maybe he's got a long con going here, but I don't know. It sure doesn't look like it to me. No. But as our crew is running for their lives, of course. Yeah, fortunately, Deacon's not a great, as good a shot as Cole is. <laughs> well, Deacon is telling the pallid man, oh, you gotta, you know, we gotta move this. It's coming from the witness. And he just right. seemed kind of pissed about that, though. Oh, of course. And I'm trying to figure out, have we seen where he got those marks on his face? No. Okay. See, they're going to really have us all jacked at this time. Right. Yeah, because he was dead. And he Cole even mentions that when they see him. Or was it Cole? Cole think, or Cassie goes, didn't we see him die already? Yeah. <laughs> or I think it was Hannah. But yeah, either yeah. way, somebody's like, wait, where are we in the timeline, basically? Yeah. But the pallid man, and this is what I thought was interesting, he's like, fine, but we need the architect. And right. he tells that to Deacon specifically. But then, you know, as they're running, Hannah and Elliot, I'm assuming Elliot's the architect, right? Right. Is outside of the area because they're running. And next thing right. we know, Deacon's there, and Deacon shoots him. Right. So this is, this is where I'm like, maybe he does have some weird long con happening. Because if he knew that they needed Elliot, why did he kill him? Exactly. No reason for him to kill Elliot. That's where I was like, wait a second. That was the only thing that made me question if maybe Deacon hadn't gone full dark side. Because he sure looks like it. Right. And that's a great point. Because, yes, there would be... He should have grabbed Elliot and taken him with him instead of shooting him dead. 
Right, because then Hannah goes all, like, crazy daughters and tries to kill Deacon. I don't know how he managed to keep her off of him. Right, but of course, he gets knocked backwards, and she looks over the little ledge there, and he's already splintered out of there. Right, because he got shot with an arrow, dude. He got shot with an arrow. Yeah, he's gone, and the rest of the group finally show up just to see Elliot dying in Hannah's arms. Yeah. And then Hannah finds the flash drive, so it's like, okay, well... And then the little back and forth that he had with Hannah there, that you were like the best, I got to see the best thing I ever made or something. And I was like, oh, it didn't make me as teary-eyed as some, but I'm like, oh, that was sweet. Right, yes, that was the thing that he really wanted more than anything, was to have a child. Well, he got to see her. Yeah, at least. Yeah, and then we're back in the future, which... I did not have times popping up on when I was watching, so right. I didn't write down the years. I didn't help. Didn't get the cheat this time. Right. Oh, and when we are back in the future. Aww. Things getting a little tense. Yeah, but Jennifer and Cole are kind of bickering. And, of course, Cole's just like, you can't even see anything. Why are you here? Oh, okay. And suddenly Jennifer's like, how'd you learn that, huh? How'd you learn that yeah. power of horse? I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> and Katarina stands up and informs them that she's dying from splinter radiation. And that stops everybody dead in their tracks. I was like, what? She's admitting it? Yeah. I think that was the only way she could really get their attention because she informs them that they are her family now. Which, and she wants them to act like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, wow, okay. Because she says, like, it's the privilege of the parent to go for, forward in death or something before it right. is or the child. And yes. she looks at all of them and I'm like, oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> what a change from season one. Right? And then Cole actually admitting, oh, I, my mother wrote that story. All, they all kind of, like, flip their heads around then, too. It's like, wait, what? Who's your yeah. mom? I don't know. Her name is Marion. It's like, he really did not know anything. And I'm wondering what we said the first episode is something with that uh, Ouroboros somehow connected to his mom then. Right. And if it is, was she primary? Was she somehow a traveler? What the hell? Yes, we don't know yet. Oh. But yeah, there's, there's something to Marion Woods. Because we see Katarina later looking at Cole's birth certificate, and the name is Marion Woods. Right. It's like, what does this mean? Yeah. yeah. And then we get one final flashback. Not all the way back. No. Back to where we were. The early with days. Elliot and his assistant finishing up cleaning out all the rose plant out of the equipment, and Katarina comes in and reminds him to come home after it gets dark, thinking that he's probably wanting to hang around with his beautiful assistant. Right. And, no, you need to be coming home. That was a very backhanded way of saying, don't let me catch you. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, they fire up the equipment, and at first it looks like it's working, but it turns right around and does the same thing. Shut it down, and we see the assistant goes home, reveals that she has an army of the 12 monkeys necklace on, prepares some red tea, and goes to talk with the witness. 
Like, crap. Yeah. Who is and she? She tells Olivia that she knows what Titan's purpose is, and Olivia thanks her daughter. Really? I know. I'm just like, what? Emma? Emma is the kid. Oh, great. Yeah. The sacrifice, basically. Like I said earlier, it was hard enough to try to win when they, in the, just a small battle in three previous seasons. Right. This is just getting impossible. Even not get killed now. I'm like, everyone's going to die. That's how it's going to end. We're going to go full on yeah. Red Wedding. They'll get the Red Forest. Yeah. And everybody dies. It's going to be like when the Borgons came and like took out Earth in Hitchhiker's Guide. That's what yeah. we're going to get. We're just going to get like a pullback and boom, the whole Earth's going to go. Oh, jeez. Well, how stressed were you guys? Why don't you share your thoughts with us? Because this stressed me out. It's sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. And let us know your thoughts. And, of course, you can tweet with us, Facebook. All of our contacts are on www.fangirlzone.com. You can post comments underneath our uh, YouTube video. Well, it's not really a video, but our episodes. Or on the website itself, you can post a comment, what you think about what's going on, how you felt about it. Were you stressed? Because I was. Like, I have a lot of stress in my neck right now. Like, I can feel it. Because I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, so this is just talking. So watching it, it was pretty bad. But while you're at it, rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you're finding us on. Because good ratings and reviews help all the fans of the show find us. Tell your friends. And you know you want to get them into 12 Monkeys if they haven't watched it already. Because you want to be like, can you figure this out? I need a flowchart. So make them watch, too. And it's so funny. Friends of mine who do watch, they're like, I am even more confused than I was in the beginning. It's like... He's like, somehow it's going to come together. I know it. So, all that being said, thank you for listening. I am Sean Fangirl S. I'm Steve. That's the Munsters thing. And until next time.